everyone. Welcome to Couch Potato Sports Presents Crash the Net Podcast. This is your co-host Trevor Reed. Gino's not able to make it with us tonight, so we brought in Kelsey Hammond. Kelsey, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing great, thanks. How are you, Trevor? I'm not too bad. So uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, Kelsey, and uh, your love for hockey in the abs. Definitely. Um, let's see. I went to school for journalism um, down at Metro State in Denver. Um, wanted to do sports broadcasting. Uh, internshiped at the fan, 1043 The Fan for a year and learned a lot, met some great people. Um, but unfortunately, just had to start paying some bills in Colorado. So fell out of the broadcasting and I work in uh, construction as a project coordinator now. Um, but have loved hockey, have played hockey myself, played a uh, goalie for about uh, 10 years or so. So I know the position well, know, you know the mindset, the mentality of it, and uh, just grew up loving the abs, loving the sport. And as rare as it is nowadays, I'm a Colorado native. So bring on, you know, anything hockey related, anything sports related, really. Awesome. Well, it's awesome to have you on and, uh, you know, be able to have that kind of goalie mentality going into some of the uh, topics, you know, like, uh, you know, one of the big ones would be uh, bring Kemper in and uh, losing Grubauer in the offseason. And we'll kind of start off there uh, as a segue from your introduction and uh, kind of what you think about that. Um, you know, obviously losing Grubauer, uh, a guy that was in the running for Vezina last year, um, somebody who could have perennially brought us to the playoffs, uh, also had some injury problems. You know, and we bring in a guy like Kemper, who um, the last three seasons, he's been six overall in both goals against and save percentage. Uh, I mean, that's pretty elite uh, competition to be up there with. So what do you think? Yeah, definitely. I was I was pretty heartbroken when I got the words that Grubauer had left. Um, I thought he kind of was that goalie last year. He was the guy that was able to steal a game he was able to make that save when it was needed and I felt like this was the year that he had you know really really established himself as that goaltender um I know the contract and the issues you know who really ever will know what happened you know behind the scenes um but Grubauer was I felt like that that goalie that he really could take us to you know, the Stanley Cup, he was getting the playoff experience. He was, you know, stole that game for us um, against Vegas. Uh, so, it was, yeah, it was heartbreaking to, to see him leave. Um, when I got the news that Kemper, you know, was our new guy, I was absolutely, you know, a little more hesitant, maybe just still salty about Grubauer leaving. But um, it's hard to imagine a goalie not succeeding with the defense, you know, in front of them, the defense that the Avs have, I mean, how could you not be successful? You really just need to play average and the team's going to, you know, kind of take it the rest of the way. Right. Yeah. And I mean, and that's kind of one of the big things with Kemper that I like being brought onto the Avs roster is, I mean, he's been on, um, we'll just say kind of bottom of the barrel rosters uh, in Arizona. And, you know, I guess, you can say in Minnesota they weren't the greatest. Uh, not to mention he was backing up Dubnik at the time. But even then, to be able to say, you know, he's got a 2.35 goals against the average over the past three years and a .922 save percentage. And that's in front of some uh, pretty porous defenses. I mean, Arizona, really all they had was Chichurin and OEL up until he left. 
So to put guys in front of him like Kill McCarr, uh, Bowen Byron possibly, um, Eric Johnson being back, Sam Gerrard, um, you know, I think it's going to be a great, great fit for him. I think, I think his biggest test, and I think it's the, the kryptonite of the Colorado Avalanche, is just goaltenders staying healthy. Holy cow, just get through the season as a starter being healthy. And even Francois, to me, that's that's one of the bigger stories, too, is just having Francois ready, back back in action as a reliable and capable backup. I think that's such an underrated role. And if Kemper has that support where he can take a night off, where, you know, if he does get a little, you know, strain or a little injury, you know, the team's not rotating through all the goals we had done last year. It's absolutely insane. And I think having that support and we're not running Kemper into the ground where he gets an injury or is overworked, too many shots, whatever it is, you know, having that backup and reliable goalie is going to be huge this season. Well, and that's exactly um, one of the biggest problems. And you look back at the history over the past, let's say even five years, um, you know, you have Grubauer two of three seasons with the abs. He missed over half the season with injury. Uh, Francois out with injury. Um, you know, and then you go back to the years with Varlamov, even where we ha- we've gone all the way down to Hammond in the playoffs. When you're start. signing a guy, yeah, you're signing a guy late in the game and is playing the, like, yes, something is wrong. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, it's just it's it's crazy what the Abs have experienced in the goaltender region. Um, and I'm really hopeful that a guy like Kemper can come in, and although he has had some injury problems himself. Um, I'm hoping he could fit the role. And like you said, with the uh, goalie like Francois to back him up, uh, I think we could possibly see one of the best goalie tandems in the league. I think all they have to do is just for the team to be successful and what I would consider a successful season for Kemper and for Francois would to just do your job and be healthy. Are games going to get away from you? Absolutely. Goals are going to get away from you? Absolutely biggest question the biggest thing is always going to be how they perform in the playoffs hands down you know and this this team isn't on the you know it's not a question of like oh you know it's a successful season if the abs make the playoffs like that no more that no longer flies anymore it's get past the second round get to the stanley cup and i guess like that would be my my concern with kemper i think you look at these teams that you know consistently make it far Look at how much playoff experience they have. Marc-Andre Fleury, Carey Price. I mean, these aren't goaltenders that are just, you know, accidentally in the playoffs. Like, these guys have been there. They know what it takes. They know how to win a game seven. They know how to make the crucial save. And I just don't know that, you know, Kemper and Francois can do that yet. And that's a very fair point. I mean, yeah, Kemper hasn't really had a real taste of the playoffs. I think the real only taste he's had is the play-ins last year, um, the COVID play-ins. So it, it's, it's hard to look at, um, you know, like you said, this is an expectation of win now. I mean, when you look at what we just did with the contract of Landeskog, um, he signed arguably lower than what the market was calling for. He just wanted long-term because he wanted to be here. And, you know, you see that with guys like Kilmakar. You know, he signs his six year and it could have been a longer contract. But, um, you know, I think everybody knows that that man is going to get a bigger contract in the future. So 
Um, Absolutely. It's just, you know, they've built this roster as a, this is our time. This is our window. Um, we've got two years left on McKinnon's contract before, you know, that's when we're really going to start seeing this team have to be kind of lightened a little bit. I mean, we'll start losing guys like Kadri Burakovsky, uh, Nichushkin, Joe's Comfer. You know, these are guys that we possibly might not be able to resign. So this is kind of our window. And, you know, we, we lost some key players in my opinion in Don Scoy and Belmar and Calvert for that matter. But, um, you know, Calvert wasn't really playing last year. So oh, but he was definitely, you know, I definitely felt like he had that heart and soul, you know, mentality of the team. The team missed him. You know, you can feel it, you know, when he wasn't on the ice and, you know, when he was absolutely. playing, he absolutely made a presence. And yeah, his loss is definitely a big one. Yeah. So, I mean, I think that's where, you know, we kind of look for, look into what the ads were able to bring in um, to kind of fill those roles of a Calvert, a Belmar, a Donskoy. Um, and, you know, they, they go out and they, they get a guy like Darren Helm, who he has that veteran leadership. Um, you know, he's, he's been in the league for quite a while. Um, came in 2008 with Detroit and I believe he, yeah, I believe that was the year that they won a cup. So he won a cup his rookie year. Um, you know, he tasted some success in Detroit for a while. They had a pretty good team and, um, you know, he understands what it takes to win at the big level. So he kind of, to me, he fills that Belmar role of that veteran voice in the locker room. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. And he brings a little bit of grit to the ice too. I mean, he's not a, not a big go after him kind of player, but um, he'll, he'll get down and dirty in the corners. Um, You know, he'll fight in front of the net. So I I like bringing Helm in. I mean, what do you think? It's hard for me to bring in a Detroit Red Wings player and be like, yeah, I like him after those years when they were still winning and the ads were pretty uh, struggled. (laughs) Oh, absolutely. I remember those years going to those games and be, uh, Red, Red Wings whooping up on the abs in the second round and Helm yep. and uh, Datsuk and yeah, those whole guys. But no, I think, you know, I think that's good. He, he was on a, a part of a team in an era where it was a little bit more rougher, where they were more physical. And though he may not be the most physical guy, I agree. I think he brings, you know, a little bit of grit, a little bit of, you know, just leadership. And I think, again, where, to have struggle in the playoffs is just having that guy that's been there having that guy you know that can be like hey just because the series is tied up 2-2 you know we're not down and out of this and I think that's something you know he experienced he could be that you know that voice in that locker room and be like you know let's go I think everything in all these conversations you know the regular season you know it's just it's it's a filler it's a filler till the real hockey starts which is playoffs And so preseason ends, you know, here in a week or so. But, like, to me, it's an extension to the regular season. Regular season, what these guys do, you know, I don't want to say it doesn't matter. But, like, we've been there. We've done that. We know what this team is capable of. Let's talk playoff hockey. Let's talk how do these guys perform then? What is it going to take to perform well in the playoffs? And I think Helm is a great addition for that. He's going to really be that fourth line fourth line third line guy um i don't expect to see a lot of points out of him you know throw him on the pk unit um and see what he does see how we can 
you know, help this team, lead this team and, you know, what, what experience and he has and how he can share that with the team. Yeah. And I mean, you brought up another point of, um, you know, dropping him in on the PK unit. And I think that's going to be kind of where, where his niche is on this team. Um, you know, he's, he's not going to be at the level of Delmar. I mean, Delmar arguably was the best penalty killer in the league last year, but he's, he's going to bring that um, just that core values to that penalty killing unit because he's been there. He's seen it. He knows what big hockey is like, you know, and it, when it's a game five and, you're down three to one in the series and you have a power play with or a penalty kill with two minutes to go in the game. That's the kind of guy you want on the ice. Yep. You know? Absolutely. So, you know, playing for the Red Wings as much as, you know, we've hated them growing up, you know, they, that's, that's a team with history. That is a team with expectations and you're not going to slack around and be on that team for as long as he was. Goodness. He was there for, over 10 years you don't stay on a team like that if you you don't bring something to them I think the Red Wings are just headed into a different direction and that's why he was let go and I think that's why he was a great addition you know for the abs exactly and I mean you look at that franchise and you know as much as us abs fans um despise Red Wings just because of that rivalry that just was insane but it's like you said, it's a storied franchise. They they live on tradition. They live on winning. So um, you know, Stevie Y gets in there and he's he's looking to build another winning roster. And unfortunately, Helm is just kind of at that point of his career where he doesn't fit that youth movement that's about to come in Detroit. So I think it's a it's a great addition for the Avs. It's a great signing and. You know, it's, it's something that moving forward, um, you know, he could see a two, three year deal come out of it. Yeah, it, I think it's definitely a show me year to show me, you know, how you perform on the PK and how you fit with the team, how you gel, what you bring to them, you know, and just I hate to continue to bog on it and repeat myself. But how do you perform in the playoffs? What are you, you know, I think. Yeah, Belmar was absolutely, you know, huge loss. And what he was able to do with the team, you know, was incredible. Um, he's got some big shoes to fill. And it'll be kind of an interesting year. See where he takes it. Definitely. Um, so, I mean, have you been kind of keeping track of uh, training camp and, you know, kind of the way that guys are looking so far? Yeah, a little bit. I've definitely... Um, heard i think one of the most intriguing and just due to being a fan favorite was uh bringing jack johnson in on a pto tryout i absolutely loved loved that move as well as just getting you know our own mr johnson back um defense is gonna be an interesting one this year i'm excited to see how it looks how they come together yeah i mean on both johnson's um you know I'll start with Jack Johnson. I mean, bringing him in, I think, you know, the fact that we were able to get him in on a PTO, you know, I understand he's kind of up there in his career. I think he's what, 33. Um, But man, I I watched the first two preseason games and he's still got it. I mean, he's, he's not what he was by any means, uh, but he's able to read the ice. He's able to read a play developing 
and intercept passes. He's able to get the puck on net. I mean, I think he has two goals so far this preseason. So yeah. it just – it's one of those guys where, you know, he fits that Bednar type of play where he has the ability to jump up in the offensive zone if needed, but he also has a good defensive mindset. You know, he's not just an offense versus defenseman. And, oh, man, it's going to be if, – if he ends up making the opening day roster, putting him on a pairing with, say, Bo and Byram would – just assinuate what Byram can be because and I think, he's I think the same that's kind what of player. The, yeah, the defense has been lacking these last couple of years. I think we have all these, you know, these new shiny toys and they're they're fast, they're quick, they're exciting. And I think sometimes you just need you need that rock. You need that dependable stay at home just defenseman who's gonna crank up, you know, Eric Johnson, I just see as like a minute eater, you know, maybe not necessarily um, Jack Johnson and Mary, maybe Eric Johnson's, you know, time goes down a little bit. But, you know, like you said, just in those tough moments, there's two minutes left on the penalty kill. There's two minutes left and you just got to dump and clear the puck. I would absolutely send, you know, would feel comfortable sending either one of the Johnsons out there and just, you know, again, relying on that leadership, relying on that experience, you know, and I think that that'll help with these young guys and just going through like you said, just win now mode. I think that's hard. That can be hard to grasp, hard to understand. And there's a ton of pressure on you. And I think having Eric and Jack, you know, can really balance out, you know, Kale McCarr, you know, Bo Byram and Gerard, like a good solid balance at the defense. You don't want just a, y- a lot of young gun, flashy, you know, offensive minded, you know, defensemen, you know, sometimes you just need that, that rock, that reliable defenseman that you can just depend on. Well, and I think to me, I mean, that's one of the biggest holes the Avs had uh, for all season last year was they didn't have that true defenseman who's going to be there. Uh, you know, if there's a breakaway coming up ice, he's already back because he's not trying to jump up in the zone type of deal. Absolutely. Um, that's a kill. And- Leave that to Bo. <laughs> Let them handle exactly. that. You stay back. And it's- yeah, absolutely. Exactly. You know, and I think that's a lot of why Bo hasn't made it onto the roster much. Um, you know, I understand he went through some injuries last year, but, uh, you know, even when he was quote unquote healthy, he still wasn't on the roster. And I think a lot of it was his decision making. You know, he's jumping up in the zone, um, not reading the plays right. And, you know, if you don't have a guy falling back for you, um, typically it's going to be his left winger. Uh, he's not going to be a successful D man because he's just going to look exposed all the time. Well, and so, I think defense is such such a key thing about you know playing playing a defenseman and stuff like that is the communication, trusting your defensive partner, understanding you know like yep, you know so and so is going to jump in, I'm going to stay back or opposite. And I think you know the Avs didn't really have that leadership. You know they really really missed you know Eric Johnson last year. I think yes. Bo could have, you know, leaned on him for questions, you know, that communication, how, you know, what to expect, how to play it, you know, and I think having, you know, that balance of Jack and Eric is just going to be so huge for the team. If well, he makes and, the uh, team, hopefully. Exactly. Exactly. Make I mean, first, I guess. You, you look at, and then you look at the other side of Eric Johnson and, you know, this is a guy that, I mean, I was diehard Eric Johnson fan when we got him. You know, everybody was upset because we lost Shattenkirk. But, you know, Eric Johnson was his number one overall pick. It was 
you know, he just didn't work out in St. Louis for those couple first couple of years. And he came here and, you know, he didn't set the world on fire, but he, he became a good, solid, dependable piece in the Avs roster. And, you know, he has that leadership role. He has great rapport with all the guys seemingly. And to have a guy like that back on the ice, um, I think just even if he were to step on the ice for 10 seconds a game, just brings a different level of morale. Yeah, sitting on the bench, absolutely. You know, I think, yeah, he's absolutely one of the longest tenured, you know, players. You know, he's been with this organization for so long now. And I think that's something that he holds a lot of pride to, that a lot of people, a lot of teammates look up to him for. And I think that's just what, you know, bringing up Bo, bringing up, you know, uh, Martin Kaut, uh, all of them. You know, that's what they need. That's what they need look forward to when you're bringing being brought up in an organization like this yeah exactly so i think uh you know the addition of those two possibly uh at least one for sure to the opening night roster is going to be just a great addition and you know uh to go up against mark andre Fleury first night of the season after uh what he did to us in the playoffs is going to be fun as well <laughs> It'll be absolutely great night. Ball Arena will be rocking, that's for sure. And I will be there. Oh, man, still working on it. Still working on it. <laughs> Hook us a step. So, uh, kind of want to talk about some of the some of the youth movement going on. Um, you know, just watching some of the videos I've seen from training camp and then, you know, the two preseason games. Um, you know, there's a couple names that really jump up as exciting over the next couple of years when they finally, you know, break the league. Uh, one of which would be our first round pick in a loss. And he's already come out and um, I think he's got a goal in his first two games through the preseason. Um, he's got a wicked wrist shot and, you know, he's, he's still got some things he's got to work on. You know, um, he has a couple bad turnovers in the first two preseason games and, uh, you know, just bad reads, bad passes, but, you know, all things that can be ironed out with development. Um, were you able to catch any of a, a Lawson? Yeah, I think he's got a bright future for sure. I think, again, with just, you know, the win now mentality, I don't necessarily see him landing a roster spot in the next, this year, maybe next year. Um, but here's the thing with the Avs and they're at least, you know, forward development, they know how to develop their forwards. I feel like, you know, Comfort, Joe's, all of them, I feel, have just grown and made great strides. Um, They know when to bring them up, when to, you know, kind of send them back down, work on some more things. They really put their development, you know, first and foremost. It's not going to benefit anybody with him, you know, being a healthy scratch or not getting ice time. For sure. Um, So I do definitely see him, you know, being sent back down, but absolutely has such a bright future with the team. Well, and I think I saw he already has a deal to go back overseas and play for a year in the juniors um, or something along those lines. Yeah. But so I, I, I fully expect him within the next two years, probably um, probably not this season or next, but he'll probably break the roster. Um, a guy that I think is, could possibly be on the opening night roster though, is Sampo Ranta. Uh, you know, we saw him last year in the playoffs a little bit. And he's looked pretty good through camp. 
Um, the first two preseason games he looked pretty good as well. I, I personally think he's an NHL ready fourth liner. Uh, you know, he's got the physicality to his game, but he's also got the ability to move the puck up ice, uh, make good passes, and he's typically in proper positioning at all times. Yeah, I mean, that's a huge, you know, I think the Avs made a statement when you're playing playoff hockey, it's, you know, you're not there by fluke, you're not there by, you know, you've earned that spot, you've earned the trust of the organization, you're there for a reason, I think he absolutely deserves, you know, a shot, a chance to be a part of the roster consistently, um, really get his, get into the feel of, you know, just the NHL season, NHL expectations, the traveling, the all of it, you know, really being a part of the team. I think having him as, you know, fourth line would be a great fit, see how he how he does um, and kind of move him around within the third and fourth line with, you know, all the different guys, see where he can, you know, really gel and fit in. So, I mean, do you think there's any, uh, you know, dark horse candidates to make the make the roster, um, you know, like a Martin Cowell maybe, uh, you think LLC makes it or new hook is on the roster opening night. Uh, it's kind of interesting to see what that third and fourth combos are going to be. I see. And I thought last year, last year was a shot for the abs, you know, for the Stanley cup, I, you know, everybody felt, you know, it was theirs. It was theirs to lose. They were projected, you know, so I really, I hope we don't see a lot of, you know, movement within the lines, you know, again, like it just feels like the regular season is just an extension of the preseason and we just need to get to playoff hockey. And I think, you know, you, you get these younger guys, some experience, some ice time, you know, see where they're comfortable, but you know, obviously no one's messing with the first line. Um, I do think new hook, you know, I thought he showed a lot of, a lot of potential last year. I think he was a little nervous just getting the hang of, you know, the NHL and how it's played, but holy cow, I think he's got, he's going to be good. And I think, you know, putting him on third line center with um, Nikushkin and um, who else do I have him with? Uh, Martin Kaut, I think you got some young guys and then the guy with tons of experience, tons of, you know, he's going to back them and protect them. I feel like our depth is going to be key this year yet again. Yeah, and I mean, the the depth aspect is, I think, what's really helped the Avs get to where they are right now. Um, you know, you look back at previous years where, you know, we didn't have the farm system we have. I mean, we could dip down really at any point. Um, you know, we could bring up a guy like Cal, like Ranta, like Newhook, Maltsev, um, you know, Sample or Olafson, I mean. Uh, within the next few years. So they they have the ability to really reach down, whereas a lot of these upper echelon teams are so top-loaded. I mean, you look at Toronto and Edmonton even, and they they have so much money on the top that they just don't, they don't have the, the depth to really um, account for the rest of the game. So they rely on these big players to kind of carry them, and those big players disappear, their game disappears. Yeah, absolutely. I couldn't agree more. I mean, it's it is always about the depth. It is always you know about bringing up those younger guys. And I think yeah, the Avs are have a stock full of them. I mean, it's gonna be you know 
again, just getting through the regular season healthy, um, getting everybody, you know, chemistry. I can't put an emphasis. I think hockey is such chemistry sport and just knowing and expecting where your line mate is going to be, how the team, you know, plays together. And as I think for the most part, have that down. So I really hope there's not a lot of changes, not a lot of bouncing around, um, bringing people up, shuffling them down, having to go, you know, super deep in the, you know, the prospect pool. And we can just kind of power through the regular season and just get ready for playoffs. Yeah. And I mean, that that's the idyllic goal is to, you know, go into the first game of the season, knowing where your roster is going to be and barring any injuries, that's your, that's your roster. And, Make you know, I think the Avs will really have the ability to do that. I, I don't see why not. I mean, the roster, I think from your core players, even, you know, Joe's comfort, Burkowski, like it's, I it's not the exact same team. Obviously it's not the same team as last year. You lost some key players, but for the most part, you have the same guys, you have the same group, the core, you know, the team that was there when we lost to Vegas, I, you know, hopefully that stings. Hopefully that kind of lights a fire under everybody. And, you know, they, everybody knows the expectations. Everybody knows, you know, how to play with each other, what we're looking for. This shouldn't be, a, you know, we're not recreating the wheel here. Last, you know, last year we were projected, you know, the Stanley Cup favorite. This year's the same. You know, just execute. That's all you got to do. Execute. Come into the games with energy. You know, I never felt like the team was, you know, cocky or arrogant heading into, you know, games. It was just... Vegas got the better of us. Yeah, and I mean, that series was, uh, you know, the Avs were honestly exposed. Um, if the Vegas showed that if you shut down the speed, you shut down the Avs, and they did that by putting three to four guys on the blue line every single shift every time we try to break into the zone. Um, so I, I think, you know, really that's something that was kind of lost by not having Kadri there. And, you know, as, as much as a lot of Avs fans don't like Kadri and, you know. Kadri was so, so needed during the entire series, whether it was his energy, his nitty grittiness, you know, he brings that to the team. I don't, you know, his, whatever the thoughts and feelings are on the hit, you can't tell me he, you know, not having him there didn't play a factor in that series. It's absolutely ridiculous. He, you know, he just brings an element to the game that the abs just don't typically have. And again, you know, when he was gone, like, you know, Landy's not there to fight. We don't need, you know, our captain fighting. We don't need Mac, like none of that. Kadri's there. Kadri, you know, can play that power forward that, you know, bring the energy, bring, you know, make the big hit when it's needed. Um, you know, just, he was missed, but I also think that's where we, you know, brought in those important additions of Helm and, you know, hopefully Jack Johnson and players like that, that again, have been there before, know what they need to do in the moment. I still think the team, though they've gained a lot of recent playoff experience, it hasn't been, successful and I think you're bringing in guys that have seen success while also 
being unsuccessful. Whereas our team has just recently just seen, you know, they've been unsuccessful. Can't get past the second round where these guys have been there. They know what it takes. They know what to do. They know what to say. Um, And I just think it's going to be fascinating to see how these guys all mesh together. And all these guys, you know, we're talking about two, three players, you know, four players, you know, rotating in and out, you know, that haven't, that weren't here before. Yeah. Yeah. On a 23 man roster. I mean, it's, it's really, you know, those two, three guys don't necessarily make or break the, the chances of this team. I mean, there's, there's a reason that uh, they're favored right now to win the cup. And I mean, I, I partly, I hate that expectation because it just burns if something goes wrong, but you know, it really goes to show that Joe Sackick has built this team and this organization to be, you know, an actual dynasty possibly if, uh, you know, we actually start winning past the second round. Yeah. Um, it's, I guess it's, I say dynasty way too early, though. <laughs> little, a little early on that, maybe. But, I mean, like, it's, it's absolutely make-or-break season. I mean, I don't know how you can keep this same roster – essentially what we did last year into this year and keep everybody in, and keep everything the same. Like there's no way you lose or there's a reason that you're, there's an X, there's a reason that you are the Stanley cup favorites there. You know, you've proven it. You've proven how well you are in the regular season. You guys, there's such an incredible balance, incredible depth. There's a reason you're Stanley cup favorites. Now play like it. Now do it. You know, it's, it's ridiculous to just, sit there and think second round exits are going to be okay and you're going to keep everybody you know goodness yeah we don't yeah make it past the second round win the stanley cup i absolutely see a roster blow up you know whatever that looks like i, I could even tell you but i a lot of fan favorites a lot of big guys i could have to you know you have to make a change at that point yeah so if these guys want to keep playing with each other if these guys want to you know have the same line mates man you should probably do something on the ice well, and that's – and I, I 100% agree. I mean, we're at the point right now. I mean, when you look at the NHL top 50 and you see, uh, you know, EA Sports coming out with the top players at each position and stuff like that, and you look at every list, you got McKinnon is always right behind McDavid. Um, you could argue that one all day if you wanted what to. What a surprise. I know. And then, you know, you got Rantanen who comes in – in fifth place uh, for uh, best right winger, which arguably he could be up there third. Um, Easily. But, and then Landis Gog is, I think, eighth for left wingers. So you look at the, the fact that we have so many players that are elite and seen as top of the league and then obviously McCarr, but we were not able to do anything with it. I mean, you might as well rename us the Edmonton Oilers at this point because we just can't perform past the second round of the playoffs. And it's, it's getting to the point to where, like you said, it, if this year isn't a year where we make it and, you know, show some improvement, um, you know, make it to the cup final, you have to. Because it's a must. Yeah, you you can't have all these great players on your roster and just be 
feeding off the bottom of the barrel every every year. Well, that's what I mean when I say like the regular season is an extension of preseason. Because look, again, what happened last year? You win the President's Trophy. You're top in the league. Nobody's questioning you. And then you're outst in the second round. So again, it just doesn't matter what happens in these 82 games. To me, it doesn't. Show me, you know, when playoff hockey starts, I don't care if the team is first place or if they sneak in at eighth place. Playoff hockey is where this team will shine or, you know, fall back into old habits or come up with excuses, whatever it is. You know, it all it all just depends on the playoffs, how things perform, you know, how the team works together. And I think regular seasons just practice, get it right, get to the playoffs. And nobody questions the abs in the playoffs. It's not – or nobody questions the abs in the regular season. You know, it's – yeah. It's always about the playoffs and just the lack of performance. And it's is absolutely unacceptable. There's no progress at this point. We're just – it's the same. You've had two years, you know, getting out in the second round. you got to show some progress. you got to show us, you know, something. Well, and exactly. I mean, you can, you can kind of write off somewhat of an excuse for the COVID playoffs because we lost Grubauer. So – or you can kind of write that one off as okay. Well, maybe that's why we didn't make it. But last year, man, we had everybody was healthy. We had just won seven to three in the first game of the series, and then they just fell apart. So yeah. it's hard to say, you know, a couple of years ago when even during the COVID playoffs, you know, yeah, we lost Grewire, but again, like the Avs develop and understand you know so well that this stuff happens like and I put that on the team like again like just be prepared be ready for anything and everything and I think not that it's an excuse but man when you're when you're that good again all the goalie should have to do is just do its job you know and I just think if we're that mentally weak or losing your starting goaltender like there's there's definitely other issues and yeah, definitely, you know, last year going in healthy and a 2-0 lead on Vegas is inexcusable. Just absolutely inexcusable. And I think that's why everybody's just at that, you know, show me now, prove it now mode. There's no more sympathy. There's no more excuses. You know, if everybody, sure, you know, your entire first line goes out on an injury, sure, you could convince me that that's, you know, that'll play a factor, but man, Kemper goes out, Francis, you know, this is, this is why we have you. This is why, you know, we depend on you. So next man up, it absolutely has to be the next man up mentality. When you're this deep, you have this big of a prospect pool. Like if there's any injuries during the season, it should not stop production. Unless your name is McKinnon, Landis Gog, or Miko Ranson. Other than that, next man up. Get in, do your job, you know, get out. Yeah, I, I 100% agree. I mean, <laughs> we're we're at the point of it's almost a insult to the rest of the league. Uh, when you look at the roster that they have the ability to put on the ice and the fact that they have for three years unsuccessfully Mate, not mate. I mean, how how do you not win the cup in that? You have 
some of the greatest players probably to touch the ice in the past decade in Nate McKinnon and Kill McCarr. And you've, you're a second round exit for three years in a row. Yeah. I mean, what other teams can you say, you know, in those ESPN top 10 rankings, what other teams have three, a player in each position? You know, I mean, like that, that's just, it's unheard of. Your top line is the best top line in the NHL. Oh, yeah. You have to capitalize on it. You have, you know, that's what I mean. Like this team just has to get to the playoffs. They just have to do their job, which is at this point, win the Stanley Cup. Anything else is failure. Anything less is unsuccessful. It I agree. sucks to have those expectations, but there's a reason. When you have a number one line, you know, in all of the NHL, you have, you know, generational talent in Kale McCarr. You just got to meet it. You got to meet those expectations. And if you can't, then, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised to see some changes next year. Yeah. I mean, so. We, if you look at this team right now, as we go into the season, uh, is there there any real holes or, you know, spots that you think needs to be filled that we may see exposed throughout the season, or do you think we're pretty stout? I feel really stout. I feel good about you know the forwards and defense, goalies and our just track record with injuries at the position, absolutely worries me. Whether it's Kemper, whether it's Francos, to me, that it's a position that just needs to be consistent this year. Whether that's, you know, Francos just consistently being available or Kemper, you know, playing. I don't even even know what's a good number for Kemper. Like, what would you say you would expect him to start this year? And be prepared Um, and ready for playoffs. I think if he gets probably 50 starts. 50? Um, I think 50. It gives that gives Frankie 30 games um, to kind of get in this get in his mindset. And it gives Kemper that I'm a starter mentality, you know, because I don't want to see what happened in Vegas, you know, the sharing of the net and then all the wondering who's gonna start. Yeah. You know, I, I, I want a definitive goalie. And you know, not that I think Bednar looks at Kemper and Francois as a battle, but you know, I want a guy who can go out there and start 50 games a year. Um, you know, maybe pull out 28 to 32 wins. You know, I hear it all the time. You know, the goalie position is no longer, you know, the starter and the backup, it's 1A and 1B. And I mm-hmm. think we just need to have. Both of them just have to be prepared for that. You know, if there is an injury, if there is, you know, a long stretch or, you know, whoever needs a break or whatever the case is, like just being able to perform, you know, goalies, you, you have to have that next man up mentality. You have to be able to perform. It doesn't matter who's in net. You're playing in front of, you know, the best team in the NHL. Got to get it done. But man, you cannot. I think the abs just continue to show that. If you bring in your third, fourth guy off a of free agency, like it's just not going to work. It it doesn't work out that way. You got to have your reliable, you know, backup and starter. You know, they got to play the games. They got to stay healthy and consistent. Yeah, I mean, so what what do you think um, it would take for Kemper? I mean, how many starts do you do you think it's 
you know, should be a 50-50 split, a 60-40. I was leaning more towards about, I would like to see 60 starts at a Kemper. And to me, a successful season for Franzos would just be a, he's always on the bench. I don't want to see Miska. I don't want to see anybody else. I just want to see Franzos on the bench, playing when he's called upon, stepping up when he needs to. And that's what I want to see out of him. I don't necessarily care how he plays, you know, in a sense. Like, again, you're playing in front of Kale McCarr and Bo Byram. I don't know how you mess that up. So just do do your job. Be the goalie that, you know, the backup goaltender we've seen. And if you can just do that, holy cow, like the team can go. The team can go far and deep. Um, and Kemper, I think playoffs are going to be uh, – we'll see a lot that I think that exposes goaltenders, you know, how they bounce back from a bad goal. If they're able to steal a game, if they can stand on their head um, and really just, you know, make that safe. I think that's what Grubauer struggled with, you know, in the Vegas series, he kind of got worn down and he just couldn't make that the save that the team needed, you know? Um, yeah. It's not always, not always just the goaltender's fault. There's always other factors and stuff, but Man, sometimes your team just needs that one save and it completely, you know, changes the momentum, the rebound of the puck, you know, whatever it is. I think that's that's huge. And we'll see if uh, Kemper can do it. Well, and like I've said in a previous podcast, I mean, with Grubauer, I at not one point in his tenure here with the Avs was I confident with him in that, you know, even when he was playing some of the best hockey he's ever played. If we were up one goal with two minutes to go and, you know, that team had pressure in the offensive zone, I never trusted that Kumar was going to be able to save it. And it's just because so many times before he's given up that late were you goal. That that, last year, last year during his Vesna trophy season, you were saying you didn't I have confidence. I didn't have confidence, no. Just oh, because of what he was two seasons before that, I, I couldn't have that confidence. It's hard to judge for me. I definitely seasons before yes but I think like a goalie's mindset a goalie's mentality changes daily weekly monthly in the NHL and I think you know last season when he was consistently proving you know he could make that save he could steal the game no issues you know I absolutely trusted him to make it um I just I for Kemper right now my hesitation with him is staying healthy. It's in the performance and playoffs. I thought Grubauer did incredible, you know, against the Blues. The first few games against Vegas were absolutely, you know, wild. And I think, you know, that's, it's hard. It is hard to bounce back after a bad goal. It's hard to bounce back after a bad game. And, you know, Kemper's got to be able to do that. I think that was, that's why I was looking forward to Grubauer back so much this season. I was like, all right, he went through it. He learned from it. You know, he was reliable, dependable, and, you know, a Vesna Trophy finalist. It's like, he's got it. Boom. Next season, it's a lock. We have the chemistry. We have the confidence in net. And I think it's just uncertain. I don't know that it's bad. It just feels uncertain to me. I don't think Kipper's a bad goalie. I just think playoff hockey is a whole different kind of hockey. No, I feel you. I mean, and I, I – totally understand what you're saying with um you know the 
the development of the goaltender's mind in situations like that and coming to the next season, you know, kind of with a chip on your shoulder. Um, so, uh, yeah, it, it definitely does suck that we don't have Grubauer to be able to kind of go out there and have that prove it mentality. But, you know, I think we now have Kemper who kind of, because of the reputation of this team, has a chip on the shoulder as well. I mean, he's coming from a Arizona team that was in full blow it up mode. And uh, now he's on a, you know, win now roster. So let's see what he has. Let's see what he has in the tank. And, uh, you know, some hope about him is he's excited to be in Denver. He is, he sees it as an, you know, an honor. He's excited to play with the team, excited to get on the ice, excited to, you know, like I said, just do his job. And I think, you know, that, that can be a big deal as well. Just having that energy back in that, you know, excited to play on a winning team like the Avs. And hopefully he can just meet those standards and those expectations of being a, uh, a starting goaltender. Absolutely. So uh, let's talk about the, uh, the roster going in the season. What do you think it's going to be? I mean, obviously the, the first line set, you know, you got Nate Landy and Miko, but beyond that, I mean, where do you think players fill? And then I'll kind of tell you where I'm at. Um, Cause I, I feel like we're going to have some different views on how the roster is going to line out. I felt the roster last year was, it was it. I felt we had, you know, great balance, great depth. So again, like, I just don't want to see a lot of change. I want to keep, you know, Berkey, Kadri, Comfer, you know, maybe add some youngsters in there with new hook and Kaut, um, Nikushkin. I don't know how you, you know, Put him anywhere else besides you know third line second line um one of my favorite players from last year was logan o'connor and Absolutely. holy cow did he just make his presence known night after night it didn't matter if that guy was playing five minutes 15 minutes like you knew when he was on the ice and again just somebody who i felt was like excited to be with the ass excited to be on the ice and wearing that abs logo and sometimes I think some of those other players just take it for granted. And that energy in the playoffs is huge. Yes. That can be a difference maker. I think that can be, you know, again, just maybe that's what the Avs need is just that, that excitement, that, you know, non-stalemate. But I don't necessarily think, you know, the guys that have been there, the Cadres, the Berkeys, um, you know, Mac, Landy, like they've been there. You know, I'm not saying it's not an honor for them to put the jersey on, but man, some of these younger guys, they they play as if it's going to be their last hockey game. And it's just mm-hmm. incredible to watch, incredible to see. Um, I love Helm on the fourth line. Um, we'll see kind of how Jost plays out. I think he kind of is still trying to find his home. Um, but one of those guys where it's like another prove it year. You got to do something. You got to make that big step. And I think when these guys start making those steps is when we're going to really see, you know, that progression to the third round, that progression to the Stanley cup um, is when those guys start making those steps. There's nothing else we can expect at a Landy, Mac and Miko. You know, they, they are who they are, but these other younger guys, these, you know, new guys, they make some big steps. The team's going to be successful. Um, McCarr, Eric Johnson, I think again, like that's a great balance of a line. Let McCarr do his, you know, offensive chip-ins, take the shot, you know, but then Johnson being able to stay back. 
Um, yeah. I love having balance. I don't want to see all you know all five guys up past the blue line in deep. We don't need we don't need Agreed. that. Agreed. Um, Byram and Gerard, I think, is a good mix as well. You know, maybe bouncing Gerard and Johnson back and forth on that line. You know, again, I think it's just so much chemistry based. Where does it? Where's everybody feeling? Who's you know, who's reading who well? How are the you know how are they playing together? Um, the communication between them is going to be just you know to me how those defensive pairings kind of fall out. Devin Tay's yeah. Tay's huge, huge. Did have surgery. Looks like he'll be out for a few. Um, but when he comes back, I mean, it's just going to, again, the depth, you know, how stacked this team is. There's no reason not to win the Stanley Cup. I agree. I agree. I mean, when you look at it, I mean, my I have a little bit different of a layout. I, I have Nichushkin up with Kadri and Burakovsky instead of Comfer. Um, and that's just because the Comfer-Jose connection. And then throwing O'Connor on that line with him, I think would be – probably the most energetic line that the abs have maybe not the most efficient, but definitely the most energetic with Confer Joseph and O'Connor. And then I think, I think Granta Helm and new hook would kind of round out the lineup as that, you know, kind of grinded out fourth line that has the ability to score if need be. Yeah. And fourth line, get some experience, you know, throw those guys younger, yeah. guys, see what they can do. Exactly. You know, and I think new hook within probably by next season, we'll see him up on a second line. Um, I don't know what that second line would look like. Cause I think this is a contract here for Kadri. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, the development of players kind of starts on that fourth line. You know, you have to learn the ins and outs of the game before you really make it up to the, the big leagues, unless you just come in as a Nate McKinnon. Um, little thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but you know, on defense, um, Taves out, I think I saw two weeks, the first two weeks of the season, um, from his, I think it was shoulder surgery. And then, you know, he immediately to me should get inserted right with Gerard because the chemistry that those two displayed at the start of last season. And, you know, the couple times after that, that they repaired, they just work so well off of each other. They, they just read each other perfectly, you know, and that kind of leaves, I, I have EJ with Makar, obviously. Um, I think that's just a quintessential pairing that you have to have um, just because Makar is so energetic in the offensive zone, but he leaves that defensive zone open for the taking at times. It is so having, he actually is pretty quick to get back. So he is, he hardly ever actually doesn't make it back. So yeah, I'll give you that. It's, it's <laughs> incredible to see him to get from the offensive zone and get back. I mean, I guess if we have to allow a defenseman to choke up and yeah. get there, I guess it can be him because he gets back 99% of the time. It's absolutely just incredible to see. Yep, you always know when he works hard because his cheeks are about as rosy red as the burgundy on the jersey. What is he, 13 right now, right? 14 uh, years old? I, I think he just turned 15, actually. Uh, just 15, yeah. Sounds about yeah, right. Yeah, he got his first mustache there last week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Instagram famous took his first mustache. <laughs> Maybe the Astros yeah. will be in the Stanley Cup final when he can grow a beard. Right, right. No, I mean, and that kind of – Leaves the the third pairing, and I thought Bo Byram would be good with like a Jacob McDonald if Jack Johnson doesn't make the roster. Um, I love McDonald, man. I don't know what 
him and Bednar had going on um, last year, but that guy, when he was in the lineup, he was kind of brought that physicality that Zadorov had in his first couple of years. Yeah, I agreed. I would say like he's the Logan O'Connor of the defensemen. Lots of mm-hmm. energy, lots of excitement. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I'd be okay with that. I don't know how I feel with him with Bo. I think Bo kind of lacked some confidence last year. I'd like to see Bo with a, kind of a more more experienced guy to kind of lean on and sure. show him the That's ropes. Um, but Bo's got to be in the lineup this year. I mean, he has to just be a staple. This is, again, just one of those years where he, I just think he just needs to power through the struggles. You know, I think some games he's going to be great. He's going to, you know, be a first-line defenseman. And then other times, you know, yeah, you're going to be the seventh guy because you're not playing well or you're making bad choices with the puck. And I think this is just that year he's just got to power through those, got to battle out and just learn learn how to deal with those those situations and those emotions. Well, I think one of the hardest things that – it's got to be one of the hardest things for Bill Byron is, you know, he's coming onto a team that – two years prior to his arrival, you had the breakout of Kale McCarr, you know? And so fans in Colorado here, oh, we've drafted another great defenseman. Well, you almost have an expectation at that point because of what just happened two years prior that you're going to get Kale McCarr again. So, um, you know, he doesn't really have that room for error that most rookies have. And, you know, I think he's just got to get over that that mindset of um, trying to be the next kill yeah. and just being the next bow. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. I think, you know, it's a double-edged sword for sure. I think nobody, you know, nobody's ever going to be Kale McCart. Like I said, just generational talent. I hope he's not trying, you know, trying to be the next Kale. Um, and hopefully, you know, that does take the pressure off in a sense, like, let Kale be Kale. Let him take the spotlight. Those high, you know, intense situations. Um, you know, Kale's proven to handle all of those just exceptionally. And you know, hopefully this year, Bo just really just focuses on you know him, his skating, his passing. You know, really just getting that to me. Like I felt like he just lost confidence. Like he just wasn't, you know, just making mistakes. That you just, what are you doing? You know, kind of shaking your head. And I think. You know, hopefully with those expectations wearing off, you know, kind of getting back into his groove again. You know, obviously with the injury, it's hard to do that. Um, he just looks and feels more confident this year. Uh, yeah, I can see that 100%. I mean, I think for me, what what I noticed with Bo last year was after he took the hit, I think it was in the outdoor game um, in the corner against the glass when he got the concussion. After that, he wasn't really the same kind of player. He was more timid. Um, And I think it just came from, you know, the expectation of the physicality in the NHL is not something you can necessarily be prepared for. Yeah. So, you know, he kind of walked on eggshells after that a little bit. You you feel like you're seeing ghosts every time you touch the puck. Yeah, especially deep in those corners where, you know, that's where his game is. That's where his game is made, you know. Exactly. So I think, you know, that's something it looks like he's getting over um, based on what I've seen in camp and in the two games. But this is definitely one of those years where, you know, like you said before, it's like that prove it mentality. He's, he's got that right now. I don't think we need a lesson 
our expectations out of him. I still expect him to be, you know, a staple defenseman, just, you know, that corner cornerstone defenseman with Kale McCarr. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't think we need to change that. I don't think we need to lower anything. I think this year will just be like, I wouldn't say he's real rookie year, but just that year we'll, we'll, we'll be able to tell a lot, you know, barring injury or anything, you know, crazy like that. You know, he should be able to step up. He should be able to meet those expectations. And again, these guys, these guys that weren't necessarily doing that last year or meeting those expectations or making that growth, you know, if these guys start making those jumps and those improvements, yeah, Colorado should absolutely be hoisting a Stanley Cup, you know, this year. So, I mean, that kind of brings me to uh, what my next question was, is what are your bold predictions for the year? I mean, obviously, uh, everybody says Stanley Cup, and you said it numerous times, so I'm going to guess there. But uh, is there anything else you want to predict? No, honestly, I mean, like, it sounds harsh. It sounds hard. But, man, if it's not, everything else just is a failure. Don't bring me a president's trophy. Don't bring me a heart trophy or a Vesna or, you know, a Norris, like none of, you know, none of those just seem to, to matter. Yeah. They don't seem as shiny and cool when, you know, this team is capable of so much more, has such higher expectations. So I think honestly, the team stays healthy. If the team can enter the playoffs, you know, healthy, you know, I, I do think last year stunk. I think being up 2-0 and losing that to Vegas stung more than the others. Um, yeah. And I absolutely believe, like, lessons were learned, valuable experience was gained. And I think, like, if they can just get to the playoffs healthy, you know, let the fun begin. Let's see where things happen. But I absolutely believe, like, they can, will, and should win the Stanley Cup this year. Again, I feel like I'm repeating myself from last year, but yeah, anything <laughs> less is is a bust. And believe that if they don't win it this year, yeah, blow the team up, trade, trade everybody. All right, so you heard it here first. Kelsey Hammond has put a thousand dollars on the Avs winning the Stanley Cup 2021-2022 season. <laughs> That's that part of where I had a thousand dollars. Are you cutting me the thousand dollars? Then we can talk. Oh, uh, no, sorry. Um, (laughs) But no, I mean, I'm right there with you. I mean, I'd like to sit back and say, oh, you know, I think they're going to only make it to the third round just because, you know, it'd be nice to not have the expectations. But right now, I mean, like you've said, and, you know, we've been hammering on this whole podcast is this team is built and poised and ready. There is absolutely no reason there's absolutely no excuse at this point. They've got to take a step forward, and they got to look in the mirror, and they got to they got to go out and win one. I mean, there's no way around it. It's hard. It's hard to focus. It's hard to talk about. You know, really, just anything else because we it's we've been talking about it the last two years. You know, we've been talking about oh well, we need this depth and we need this person and you know, PK this, power play that, goalies this, and it just seems. We just keep repeating ourselves. We know what we need to do. We know what it takes to win. And we just have to execute. Bottom line, the team just has to execute. Show up in the playoffs. 
win the hard games, be physical, stop relying just on speed, and win some damn hockey games. I mean, that's it. That's really all that's that's got to be said. I don't know how anything else is successful. I don't know how anything, you know, what else, you know, Nathan McKinnon versus Connor McDavid, like none of it, none of it matters. Just get the Stanley Cup, you know, bring it to Denver, you know, and great there. Now you can start talking dynasty. Now that you can start talking about, you know, what these guys know what it takes to win, you know, massive, you know, paychecks and stuff like that. But yeah, till then, there's no rebuild. There's no, you need, you're lacking at, you know, center and this and that and depth. Like they're not, you have no excuses not to be in the finals this year. Absolutely none. Barring. I 100% agree. I mean, from top to bottom, um, from the coach to the GM, I, I think this team is 100% ready, 100% there. And, you know, barring Ball Arena blowing up, and them having no place to play, I, I feel like they should win the Stanley Cup. It's it's a weird conversation. It's weird. It's hard to do podcasts and talk about the abs because there's just nothing to talk about. They're not missing anything. They're not, oh, the defense is weak. It's not, you know, oh, we lack a true number one center. Like, we've had those conversations. We've had those conversations before, you know, when they scored or, you know, not scored, um, had 48 points and they were the worst team in the NHL. That yeah. conversation was easy. We were missing everything. We needed everything. And to just be at this point now, it's like, we need a Stanley Cup. That's what yeah. we need. Yep. I agree 100%. Well, I mean, we'll kind of leave it off on that. But there was one more thing I wanted to touch on uh, before we kind of close out. And, you know, this last week, uh, news came out that Peter McNabb was diagnosed with cancer. And, uh, you know, everybody here at Couch Potato and at Crash Net just kind of want to send our best wishes over and, uh, you know, just thinking about you, man. Yeah, absolutely. Peter McNabb is just the heart, the soul, the voice of the Avs. And, you know, glad he's going to be able to continue to work and just have a new a new haircut, as he said. Well, I mean, what a gladiator, right? I mean, uh, in- <laughs> you think of Peter McNabb and if you're a hockey fan – you know about the incident in the seventies when he was playing for Boston and, you know, goes in the stands and fights a guy and, you know, he's always been kind of that fighter and, you know, here he is and his broadcasting career and now he's got a new fight and he's not letting it take him over. He's going to keep continuing what doing what he loves and, you know, got to commend him. Yeah. Just absolutely incredible, incredible guy. Wish him, wish him all the best. And, Yeah, absolutely. Well, Kelsey, I appreciate you coming on. And, uh, you know, it was great to have you. It was a great conversation. Uh, We hope to have you on in the future and uh, get your opinion on some more things moving forward. Awesome. Um, Yeah, um, thanks for having me. And it was a great time. And go Avs. Hey, go Avs. And, uh, you know, hopefully next couple times we talk to you, it'll be after we raise the Stanley Cup. That would be nice. We'd love to jump on then and have an energetic conversation. That's right. All right, Kelsey, will you have yourself a good night? You too. We'll talk to you guys later. Talk to everybody later. Hey, thank you guys for listening to Couch Potato Sports presents Crash the Net podcast. You guys have a good one.